0: You know, we told Bill Belichick, buddy, you better go out and you better improve this team. 7-9 and nine was completely unacceptable. Even though the NFL took it into their own hand and ensured the Patriots never have another 7-9 and nine season ever again because they added the extra game, and 7-9 and nine is an impossible record to have, Bill Belichick went out, and he nailed free agency, tight ends, wide receivers, Defensive players, defensive backs, it didn't matter. He hit it. Hey, but Bill, you can't just hit free agency. You gotta build through the draft. Well, why don't I get you a quarterback and the best defensive lineman in the NFL draft? Okay, Bill, maybe you hit it. Connor, what does that mean for the Patriots? Do we know? Do we not know? What's the future of this team? What's the future of these players? It is what it is. Why don't we discuss that here on the Dear Pats Nation podcast? Because I think the And we're back. Yes, we are. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Ray. I'm with my boy, Connor. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast being broadcasted live here on YouTube on this beautiful, beautiful Thursday, May the 20th, where your boy Ray was inserted with the microchip today and Bill Gates is kicking his ass right now, but we're going to power through this, and we're going to go. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you, though, that when you sign up for the Dear Pats Nation Loyalty Club on Patreon, You will get an exclusive video podcast five days a week. That's Sunday through Thursday. You will also get the opportunity to join us for the Patreon exclusive live stream every second Friday. When you sign up for the Deer Pats Nation Loyalty Club, there are no tiers, no extra costs for only $5 a month. You will have access to all of our content by joining the Deer Pats Nation Loyalty Club over at www.patreon.com. Slash DPN Sports. So get your exclusive Deer Pats Nation content for only $5 a month by joining Deer Pats Nation Loyalty Club over at patreon.com slash DPN Sports. We've left the link to our Patreon page in the description wherever and however you're watching and listening to this show. Connor, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Very good. Uh, very good since 10 minutes ago when we first saw each other. Yes. Yes, because we're playing this off like we didn't just record our Patreon exclusive podcast. <laughs> we did. We just did one. And we discussed Kyle Duggar and how the game's slowing down for him, how he's expecting a big 2021 and how he wants to model his game after Mr. Patrick Chung. You can check that out over at patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Connor, I encountered my first Ken today. Is that a that's a male Karen? It is nice I was at subway purchasing my dinner nice first he comes in and he's that guy that goes to subway and orders four subs which you know is just going to slow the whole production down yeah right? yep definitely then this guy starts doing things like I want triple pickles double onions and then oh. the guy <laughs> the guy puts tomatoes on the subs he goes put one more tomato on that please like he's that kind of guy okay? All over the store, there are signs that say not accepting coupons at this time, okay? Because unlike you guys who in nine days are going to have all COVID restrictions lifted, we are still in lockdown. We are still in the midst of a third wave, okay? Everything goes through. This guy tries to give a coupon. (laughs) Of course he does, right? Then he starts flipping out. Because they won't accept his coupon. And I'm like, fuck. And I, I'm, like, I'm irritated at this point. I just want my sandwich. No one has even started to make my sandwich yet because they're busy with that douchebag. So the guy behind me, who's a little shorter than me, but pretty big, goes, yo, there's five fucking signs in this restaurant right now saying no coupons. Right? And the guy looks over and goes, are we going to have a problem here? That's what he says to me. <laughs> I looked at him and I said, why don't you just shut the fuck up and pay for your food? <laughs> and he goes, I don't want to pay anymore. I didn't. If I wouldn't known I couldn't use a coupon, I wouldn't have came in here. And, and I was like, yo, shut the fuck up and pay for your fucking food. Right? And he, and, he go, and he ignores me and starts talking to the guy. And I was like, yo, you asked him if they're going to have a problem. I said, you and I are going to have a fucking problem in a second. If you don't shut the fuck up and pay for your fucking food. What did he do? He looked at me. I was like, anytime, buddy. I'm like, we'll go step outside. I'm like, I don't have time for this shit right now. And he goes, just, just fucking ring me up. He says to the guy and he pays for it. And then he tried to get in my personal space. Yeah. And I kind of just sidestepped him. And then the guy behind me threw his shoulder into him. So <laughs> good times. Good times. Nice. Good times. So it was a all, good start to the day. All over a coupon.
1: All over a coupon, man. What is it going to save you a dollar? Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. In your weekly money month year
0: life people just like i just like i texted my wife and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with people man yeah like you're just starting shit for the sake of starting shit is all you're fucking doing
1: oh absolutely i mean what's the guy gonna do he's gonna get a dollar and 50 cents off
0: yeah he, he he there's no way he missed the fucking signs all over the place because i had time when he was getting his four subs made with his extra tomato and his extra this and extra that to read each sign five times that all said the same thing all right right <sighs> Anyways, Connor, I do have a subject I want to get into tonight. I do have sponsors I need to talk about. But before we do anything, we did start this show off with a super chat. Actually, wow. nice before it even started. Love Vibration Nation says BB did retool before with Brady between dynasties. He got Thomas and Hightower. We didn't win 20 Super Bowls in a row, guys. He knows exactly how to do it. You got anything to say to that, Connor?
1: Win 20 Super Bowls in a row. Yeah, I mean, I think Bill Belichick, does, I I got confused at the end. Yeah, they haven't won 20 Super Bowls in a row. They've obviously been addressing everything in the offseason and retooling and resituating everything, which is exactly what they did this offseason. He, he obviously got high tower back, but they went out and stacked the team like we haven't seen in probably 10, 15 years. I don't think they've had this type of offseason since 07. So Brady, I mean, Belichick obviously knows how to retool, and this year he actually had the money to do it, which he hasn't for a long, long time.
0: He had the money to redo it. He also hit the draft. Now, a part of what I want to talk about tonight is going to talk about the draft a little bit, and maybe put a different spin on the draft, but we'll see how that works out. But yeah, I mean, listen, there's always going to be that argument, right? There's always going to be that argument on... Was it Brady or was it Belichick? I take the side of I don't give a fuck.
1: Yeah, they won. So they won. That's an important part.
0: Yeah. And uh, I have faith in Bill Belichick moving forward. I have faith in Tom Brady on his side moving forward. So I think that will be okay. I I do need to address this, though. I wasn't going to, but I need to address this. My Patriots update said someone on Twitter said Canada isn't even real. Is Canada, is, Canada, is Canada even real? Was that me? I don't know if that was you, but if it was you, fuck you, Connor. Sounds like, some,
1: sounds like something I would say, but I can confirm that Canada is real. It's a country that's
0: upwards, so either north or south of America. And and I, I live there, so I can very well say that it's real. It's a beautiful country. I think you guys would enjoy it. I enjoy going down to the United States of America and spending time with my friends down there and visiting your beautiful states. As you know, Connor, I'm trying to move to Florida. Yes. Uh, because I like the weather in Florida. That has, But I, I like Canada. I like Canada. Canada's a nice place. And a shout out to, to our boy, Charlie. Got the new merch today. Shirts are so cool. Thank you, sir. I hope you enjoy those. I hope you enjoy that merch. You're a good man. You guys can get that merch at teespring.com slash store slash DPN. Link in the description. Happy that Charlie got it. But guys, I got to tell you that supported Deer Pats Nation is brought to you by Iron Triangle Concrete Weights. Stop overpaying for weights and gym memberships. Visit Iron Triangle Concrete Weights on Instagram and get your weights today. Tell them that Deer Pats Nation sent you and you'll save yourself 10% off every order. You can also check out the Rocky Mountain Barber Company and save 5% using that code RAYROUTE when you purchase your small batch. MailHot hygiene products made with natural ingredients. Visit RockyMountainBarber.com. Save 5% using the code Route. Connor, how do you spell that? R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H. Street Brew is the official coffee of Dear Pats Nation. Visit streetbrew.ca. Street Brew's obsession with quality coffee has motivated them to develop a unique, custom blended, and craft roasted line of superior coffee. Street Brew Coffee was developed a product for discerning coffee consumers. The sale of every bag of coffee and merchandise will provide funds that directly impact the homeless. Get the official coffee of Dear Pats Nation by visiting www.streetbrew.ca. And you can also visit manscaped.com and save 20% plus free shipping when you use the code RAYROUTE. Get your hands on the very best male grooming products and save 20% plus free shipping using the code RAYROUTE. Connor, how do you spell that? R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H. you visit Manscaped.com, your balls will thank you. We've left a link to all our generous sponsors and partners in the description wherever and however you're listening and watching this show. And next week, there might be a little bit of a shuffle and change in our sponsorships as One of them might be going away, and one might be huge being added. We're hoping to get that deal done in the next couple of days. All right, Connor, should we get into tonight's subject? I think we should. Yes, sir. So tonight is obviously I'm talking about what did we learn about Bill Belichick. This comes from Andrew Callahan of of the Boston Herald uh first i want to say hello to our friend lucas who sent us a super chat it says what's up guys can't stay long just wanted to say thanks for being awesome lucas thank you
1: thank you man i appreciate that
0: very interactive with us on twitter
1: you can always watch the uh
0: replay tomorrow if you can't make it tonight all right man so let's get into this okay this is going to be a pretty in-depth article and it's probably going to take Uh, uh, most of the show but it should spark a lot of good conversation between us and hopefully the chat as well but I want to get your opinion first I know we've talked a lot about the Patriots offseason moves we've talked about how much we liked them Uh, but when I see a title like quote you know what we learned I want to ask you before we move any further what did we learn about the Patriots during this massive facelift this offseason that they're Definitely going for it. I
1: know a couple months ago we were talking about whether they were going on a full rebuild or if they were going to go for it and try and win this season. I mean, obviously, they're setting themselves up to do a little bit of both, but this isn't a full rebuild. This was just a retool. I mean, they re-signed Cam Newton while also drafting Mac Jones for the future, but then they went out and signed an astronomical amount of impact players. I mean, Matt Judon, Jalen Mills, um, Devin Gotcha, Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. These aren't guys that they're going to really need to build up. These are proven veterans that they brought in who are going to make an impact this season.
0: We have never seen a spending spree like this from Bill Belichick, at least with the Patriots, ever before. Yeah, um, we've never seen a you know the draft, and you know outside of a, a few idiots everybody was happy with this year's draft definitely uh, will we ever see an offseason like this again during the belichick era during the belichick era probably not
1: i mean i i can't imagine they're gonna go on more of a spending spree than they went on this year or, or i mean nail the draft like they did the spending spree especially the draft's always kind of uh a crapshoot so you never know belichick could nail the draft next year or the year after or whatever but the spending spree in in free agency i don't think we'll see it again
0: all right so let's get into this article here like i said it's pretty long it's pretty in-depth it should take most of the show but let's look at it okay 316 million dollars 136 days and counting eight draft picks one giant rebuild the Patriots' front office can finally kick its feet up after reaching the other side of a crossroads offseason. Tasked with replenishing a talent-starved roster, Bill Belichick and co. can hang their hats on assembling a better team on both sides of the ball. The Pats are deeper, more potent, and versatile. At worst, a lock for the wild card race. I'm going to stop there. So I'm already stopping. This is what I mean. We're going to spark conversation. There are a lot of different feelings around the Patriots this season. And Callahan is saying that New England is at worst, you know, they are a, at worst, they're a race for the wild card. And I think it's a little bit interesting. Yeah. I predicted that the Patriots will win nine games. You've predicted they'll win 11, maybe more.
1: 11 or 12. Yeah.
0: Vegas right now has them slated to win seven games.
1: Yeah. Well, I got to bet the over immediately.
0: Why do you think there's such discrepancy amongst everybody about how the Patriots will do this season?
1: I guess maybe because of the unknown, the quarterback position, which is obviously the most important position in all of football. So obviously there's still a question mark around Cam Newton. There's a question mark around whether maybe Mac Jones is going to somehow beat him out for the job. Although based on what Vegas is saying, that seems very unlikely, but I mean, it, it, a lot of it's going to be on Cam Newton. The defense is going to be great. We know that. The offense has the weapons to be a very legitimate offense, but then comes down to the Cam Newton question mark of, is he going to improve from last season? Because if he plays the same as last season, I do think that they improve, but not to the extent that they're going to be a shoe in for the playoffs. I mean, if he comes out and plays the exact same way as he played last season, I think they're 9-7 and seven instead of 7-9 and nine with this team.
0: My Patriots update says fans don't believe in Judon or our wide receiving core. That's why. What are your thoughts on that? I I don't know. I don't know about the
1: the Judon. I I think he was a great addition. I think he's going to do very well putting pressure on the quarterback, which the Patriots are extraordinarily deep at the linebacker position. And I I think he's going to, he's going to do a good job doing exactly what they brought him in for. And that's putting pressure on the opposing QB wide receiver core. I think is going to be fine. Again, the wide receiver core I think is legit compared to what they've been in the past and legitimate. Just in general, they have Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers right out the gate. Those are three very solid receivers, but they're not going to go through their receivers to begin with. They're going to run the football and they're going to use their tight ends. Hunter Henry, John Smith might one of them might lead the entire team with receptions, yards, et cetera. So the wide, rec- wide receiver core, I think, is going to be fine. Obviously, they're not the best in the league, but it's not going to be their strong point regardless.
0: Charlie says they are not believing in Cam.
1: Bingo. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I think, man. I agree. I think that's the question mark is Cam Newton. I, I don't know about – I think the receiving core is kind of like a lot further down on the list, I think a lot of it's on what's going to happen at QB. All
0: right, let's so let's continue on with the article. The Patriots' rebuild was a long-standing curiosity around the league, with questions hovering like: How will Belichick spend his gobs of cap space? Will he draft a quarterback in the first round for the first time, or trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Now all of those questions have answers, and those answers say more collectively about his plan than any does individually. Belichick cards are all over the table, face up. Now, of course, the Pats didn't sign every free agent they pursued or draft every prospect they targeted, but this franchise is nothing if not intentional. The offseason they executed is the offseason they planned out, but Is it their plan A, B, or C, or some combination of all three? So let's stop there because I want to know that from you. We know for sure that there were players that they tried to sign and they missed on, and I'm also sure that they lost players in the draft. That's sort of a given any year for any team. All right. So let's pretend for a second that everything was a combination of A, B, and C. Is it fair to say it still turned out to be a great plan?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, you can look back and say, hey, their main goal was to draft Trevor Lawrence. You know what I mean? There there are people out there who just – it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to make sense regardless. I mean, they did the best that they could with what they were given. They had a lot of money. They spent a lot of money. They had the 15th pick. I'm sure Bill Belichick, whatever, he had a bunch of different quarterbacks he knew that he wasn't going to get Trevor Lawrence. He knew that he wasn't going to get Zach Wilson. He was working with what he was given. And I think based on what, you know, what the circumstances were, Mac Jones was a great selection. I mean, Judon was a great, great signing, you know, Hunter Henry and John o. Smith were the best tight ends out there. Um, Aguilar, I've, I've been a big fan of his for a long time. Uh, I, I think they give them an A plus based on what was, what they had.
0: Love vibration nation sends a super chat. Thank you. Who says whoever predicts we don't make the playoffs are not considering how physical we are now on both sides of the ball. It's smash mouth. O and boogeyman too.
1: It's a very good point. I, uh, I completely agree. I think the offensive line is going to be one of their biggest strengths. And I think obviously the, the dual tight end, and then they're going to run the football. They're going to run the ball quite a bit. Damian Harris, He's going to run the ball down a lot of people's throats. Um, And then the defense is going to be very aggressive. I think the boogeyman two are here.
0: Marcus says it's a retool, not a rebuild. This will be a great team going forward. Patriots will win games in 2021 seasons. The Patriots got this.
1: 100%. Absolutely. I, I think that at minimum, they're going to be a very competitive team and it's going to be a fun season all year long. I don't think we're going to be here in week 13 kind of talking about next season this year like we were last
0: season the charm city player brandon a says i think aguilar is a quality receiver i mean we've seen players play better when they leave philadelphia
1: (laughs) that's a good point philadelphia brings a lot of people down man uh it's a tough city to play in and they had the revolving door at quarterback there for a little bit and they're kind of a hot mess as a team so I'm I'm excited to see Aguilar, Although he he did very well last season for the Raiders.
0: Bruce says it's almost twelve thousand pounds on the defensive line. That is scary for most two hundred a two hundred pound offensive line people. There
1: are many two hundred pound offensive. Linemen. I, think, I think he's just saying Two
0: hundred offensive linemen. Oh I think okay, yeah. Saying. Okay,
1: yeah. That's that's definitely going to be an issue. I think the Patriots are. Their biggest weakness, or I'd say their second biggest biggest
0: weakness last year, is going to be one of their biggest strengths all of a sudden. A boy, Lawrence Owen, who does Patriots Outsider here with us on Wednesdays in our film room on Fridays. Uh, you can catch him over on his YouTube page, Lawrence Owen or Colts Law. Just look that up in the search bar. You'll find it. And if you look hard, you'll actually see Connor and I were on with him this week talking about the Indianapolis Colts, believe it or not. We did manage to sprinkle in a little bit of New England Patriots talk, though. He says, uh, Bill grabbed talent and depth. Talent wins games early. Depth wins you games later in the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's they have so much depth at the linebacker position. All of a sudden, they're extremely deep at tight end. They're very deep at running back. They're deep on the defensive line. They're deep in the secondary, and they have a ton of talent as well. It's a great
0: combination. I mean, this team is built to have a very good year. And let's look at an argument from the other side, Connor, to see what you have to say. A collection of cells says, Love Vibration Nation, we're not making the playoffs. Belichick has proven to be a disappointing head coach when Tom Brady isn't the quarterback of the Patriots.
1: Uh, Well, I guess we'll find out this season, right? It's going to be a very good year. They get to play each other, and on top of that, they get to have a nice full year of no excuses, so it should be a good, good season. So we'll we'll see what happens come week 18 this year.
0: I'm going to drop right now, though, that everybody who's saying this, I'm going to respect your opinion because everybody's going to have different opinions. But if the head coach turns out to be a positive factor this year, I hope that you'll be in the chat saying that when, when the season's over.
1: That's very Because true. I
0: know you'll flex it, if things go bad. So I hope you'll be humble if it happens after. It's all I ask. It's all all I ask. It's
1: all right.
0: All right, let's go back to this, uh, to to the article here. It says, stepping back, here's what we learned from how Belichick rebuilt the Patriots. Money, system fit, directed quarterback search. More than signing Cam Newton, more than drafting Mac Jones, the Patriots' chief offseason objective was to sign their next quarterback at a bargain. It's a staple of their roster-building philosophy. Tom Brady's second contract and the last three extensions were all below-market deals that covered a combined 10 seasons. After Brady inked the first of those extensions in 2013, Robert Kraft said he won't devote 18-20% to of the team's salary cap into a single player. The going rate for elite quarterbacks since 2000, the Patriots haven't sunk more than 14% of their cap into the quarterback position any season. And I want to stop right there. That was such an important piece that Callahan added. And I wish everybody that covered Boston sports and in particular, the Patriots had that much integrity to point this kind of stuff out. Callahan said, quote, Robert Kraft said he won't devote 18 to 20 percent of the team's salary cap into a single player. Yep. He didn't say Bella Cheap, right? He just laid out Robert Kraft's philosophy. The only thing he missed, and it's okay because it had nothing to do with what he was writing about, but in the dynasty, Kraft said that as an owner, he made the decision that he would negotiate the quarterback contracts. right? Belichick is always blamed for being cheap. Um, If you also recall, when Kraft spoke with the media after the free agency this year, he made it clear that he was excited, but he didn't like that he had to spend all that money in free agency and really made it clear that it won't be the norm. So I guess the question I have to you is, Connor, is the narrative wrong? Right, Everybody says Bella cheap, but I'm wondering, is the Patriots' salary and salary cap and payroll an organizational philosophy, and Bill Belichick is just the perfect guy to execute it?
1: I think it is an organizational thing, and I'd also like to say that people love to praise Bill Belichick when he goes out and and gets these bargains, when he signs Jamie Collins for a million dollars, or when he originally signed Cam to last year's contract, when it was very Patriot-friendly, or when he goes out and trades somebody who he gives up like a fourth-round pick and gets whoever it is in return, like the Randy Moss trade, I forget what whatever it was that they gave up for him. People love it, but then they also want to turn around on the same end of the coin and call him Bill cheap. So it's very funny how two-sided it is. But I think it's also Robert Kraft as well, to answer that question. I think it's kind of an organizational thing. Sure, Bill Belichick enjoys it, and I think he's very good at it, but I think Robert Kraft is also he's involved in everything. Robert Kraft is involved in everything. And I think a lot of what we see from Bill Belichick is directly, you know, uh, a representation of what
0: Robert Kraft feels as well. So you're saying the philosophy actually comes from Robert Kraft and Belichick is just the guy to execute it and not. I think it's both. I think it's both of them. I
1: think it's both of them. I think Robert, I mean, uh, Bill Belichick's the perfect guy for the job and he goes out there and does all that. But I think he's in, he's in sync with how Robert Kraft feels as well.
0: I know that in the dynasty, when we were reading that book, there was a part that was before Belichick was the coach and Robert Kraft was before uh, Robert Kraft hired Pete Carroll. He was considering Bill Belichick. And the one thing he liked about Belichick was his philosophy of free, of uh, the salary cap, because up to that point, there was no salary cap in the national football league. That's why players didn't leave. That's why most players played on the same team until they were washed up because you could afford to keep all your players. So I just wonder if it's sort of a dual philosophy and, I mean, look, if you're going to spread blame about cheapness to the roster, I think, you know, when it comes to the draft, that's on Belichick. That's not on Robert Kraft. The draft is what Bel- Belichick gets paid for. When it comes to how you pay players, I think it's, it's to me, it sounds like an organizational problem. So, man, maybe, you know, was Danny DeVito right? Maybe Robert Kraft has to sell the team.
1: I guess so. I guess so. Maybe it is time for Robert Kraft to hang it up after last year's abysmal seven and nine season. They've just been so unsuccessful over the past couple decades. He might just have to call it quits, and we're going to have to scrap his uh his whole strategy as ownership.
0: There are people who have no idea what I'm talking about and think that I just believe that Robert Kraft should sell the team. (laughs) So, considering we just found out that I was a troll, I'm going to keep it that way. There we go. There we did we get go. a super chat from our boy King Cato 21 aka Joe, aka Vicariously Patriots. Make sure you check out his blogs. He puts them up on Twitter. I usually retweet them. He says odds the Patriots go running back, fullback, tight end, offensive line heavy and overly thin at wide receiver, running more fourteen and fifteen personnel over eleven.
1: Honestly, yeah, I think that they they might do just that. And they might run a lot of two and three tight end sets with a fullback out there. And they're going to they're just going to play power mouth football and run the ball down a lot of teams throats. But I think if there's anything we know about Bill Belichick, it's that everything's going to change from week to week to week. So anyone who plays fantasy football knows how much it drives you nuts to have New England Patriots on your team. I think some weeks they're going to come out and run the football 35 times. The next week, Cam Newton's going to be throwing the ball to the shotgun repeatedly.
0: Kinkato, another super chat. Thank you. Says Facile asked if that means Kraft signed Hoyer. <laughs> I think that that's, gonna, that's
1: that's worth the money right there. That's a funny question.
0: I think he's being serious. I think I I think that. No, I know. I'll answer that if that's okay with you, Connor. I think yeah. that you have to look at the situation. I think when Kraft said he wants to be involved in signing the quarterback, I think he means like the like the, the the franchise quarterback the guy who's gonna get paid the big money i think the depth pieces is up to belichick who to bring in yeah yep i robert I robert agree. That's robert funny. Kraft has to sign off on everything that's for sure like right
1: I, i'm sure he was okay with that one i'm sure he him and he actually knows hoyer and their buddies
0: and they're happy to
1: bring him back as the third string quarterback at this point
0: Bruce says Belichick is the reason I'm a Pats fan. I love how he conceptualizes the game. It makes sense, even if it's wrong, uh read right on the season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame you, man. Bill Belichick. I think is the funniest, the least funniest guy in the world, especially there in his press conferences and everything. I I love I love how he conducts himself. I love how he, he coaches the team. Um I mean, yeah, no, regardless, I'm happy to have Bill Belichick as a coach, unpopular opinion.
0: I don't think it's an unpopular opinion. I think it's... it's Depends on the crowd, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's it. Um, and I'm just looking for... I had one here, and I, I can't find it now, so I'm just going to get out of it guys we do need to take a very brief intermission here for about two minutes hear from our friends over and by our friends you're gonna hear from me talking about our friends over at street brew coffee the official coffee of Deer pats nation connor and i will be back in about two minutes so as most of you know i consume seven to ten coffees a day easy so partnering with a coffee company was like just the mo- thing that made the most sense for us. And when I spoke to our partners over at Street Brew, they told me that their coffee was different. They told me that once I tried their coffee, I wouldn't want to go back to my normal, you know, big chain coffee house. And I'm going to be honest with all of you. I mean, I didn't say this to their face, but I was skeptical. Like, coffee is coffee, right? No. Street Brew coffee is different. And that's why, guys, I'm thrilled to say that Street Brew is the official coffee of Deer Pats Nation. And if you'll give me a couple of seconds, I want to tell you more about Street Brew Coffee and everything that they do for the community. Street Brew is a counterculture initiative that recognizes the less fortunate members of society. It is their desire to inspire others to partner in their social justice movement that addresses the needs of those who need a helping hand to change their circumstances. So not only does Street Brew provide you with an outstanding cup of coffee, they're making a difference as they do it. And street brews obsession with quality coffee has motivated them to develop unique custom blended and craft roasted lines of superior coffees. And street brew coffee was developed as a product for discerning coffee consumers. As I said, they not only want to provide you with a serious cup of coffee street brew is always finding a way to make a difference in society. And that's why the sale of every bag of coffee and merchandise will provide funds that will directly impact the homeless. Look, you all know and i mean this when i say it, i will not recommend a product if i don't try it first and street brew dropped me off three bags of coffee including their signature breakfast blend They're medium roast and a bag of my favorite, the Bold Dark Roast. And I'm telling you, for somebody who drinks coffee like normal people drink water, I can't encourage you enough to go to www.streetbrew.ca and check out Street Brew's huge line of coffee and products and get your hands on the official coffee of Deer Pats Nation by going to www.streetbrew.ca. streetbrew.ca we've left the link to street brew coffee in the description wherever and however you're watching this show cheers and we're back yes we are and i want to get back into this article here so it says it comes down to financial flexibility and risk avoidance and despite carrying more cap space than ever before The Pats insisted on maintaining the flexibility this offseason. There's scant evidence Newton or Jones was their target all along. The Pats explored all avenues available via free agency, the draft, and trade, determined to upgrade their hapless passing game. A significant chunk of those struggles could be traced back to Newton. The Patriots retained him anyways because he agreed to take a backup money Blew them away behind the scenes and knows their system. They're betting he'll rebound. In time, Jones should check the same after-mentioned boxes, playing under a cost-controlled rookie contract through at least 2024. Speaking of Brady's heir apparent... The Pats were reportedly willing to miss on Jones at 15th overall, preferring to wait for the draft to come to them. This lack of urgency was seemingly confirmed when a team produced video captured a morgue-like energy within the team headquarters moments before Jones was drafted. Belichick asked National Scout Matt Groh twice if he approved of the move, a sign that the Patriots did not have a predetermined consensus on whom to pick. No one so much as smiled until Belichick grinned while speaking with Jones over the phone. All right, that's very interesting. So this obviously buys into the Patriots weren't in love with Mac Jones narrative that floated around after the draft. Um, you've said before that you believe Belichick knew that Mac was gonna fall and he just waited for it. But I'm wondering if you're wrong, Connor? Um, And Jones just happened to be the best player available, and that's why they took him. If that's the case, is that really a telling sign of how much confidence Belichick has in Cam Newton heading into this season? I mean, I would hope so.
1: I would hope so because I don't know what else the plan is unless he has some mysterious, enormous faith in Jared Stidham. But I I don't know what the plan was. I I think he knew that there would be a quarterback there at 15. We all had the same top five. Nobody really swayed out of those same five guys as as far as the quarterback position went. And I'm sure when he looked at the board, he knew that one of those guys was still going to be there and it was probably going to be Mac Jones. But we also have talked about a lot how Bill Belichick wanted other people to be involved. So I'm sure he was kind of pushing away i don't responsibility is the wrong word but pushing away some of the decision making to to other people for the first time in probably 20 years because i think before it was whatever bill wanted and now he's kind of looking for other people's approval for once because i don't think he gave uh you know what about anyone else's opinion prior to
0: this let me throw out a really crazy scenario okay let's say that mac jones doesn't work whatsoever for, and whatever, for whatever reason, let's just yep. say he doesn't work. Draft bust. Yeah, could happen, yeah. Just hypothetical. Given everything that Callahan has said, kind of breaking down how we're thinking about things. <laughs> Is there a possibility that the Patriots will just navigate season after season without a franchise quarterback and just navigate the p- the position with a team friendly contract the same way they navigate every other position they could They could. I mean, that might be what they're going to have to do. They might just play year
1: to year and go to whoever it is, whether it's a rookie and trying to get somebody good from the draft again or signing free agents like Cam Newton or various people like uh, Fitzpatrick and just just trying to win with a flyer. The only issue I see with that is usually when you do win a Super Bowl, it's with a legitimate quarterback. Very rarely is it with just some, some random Joe Schmo, although we have seen that somewhat. But usually it's, it's an important position when it comes to actually making it all the way.
0: But does Belichick, again, this is all going on a hypothetical that Mac Jones is a bust, but could Belichick look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers model, spend a lot of money? And I think signing Tom Brady for $30 million compared to what other NFL quarterbacks are making at the moment was a pretty good deal for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and it bought them a ring. Right. Could Belichick look at that model and say, hey, we could sustainably do that? We're not going to get Tom Brady every year, but we could pick up quarterbacks at the end of their career who still have a lot in them and spend our money elsewhere. Because my concern is, Connor, if Robert Kraft doesn't want to spend 18 to 20% of their salary cap on one player, but that's just sort of the direction that the quarterback salaries are going. What if Mac Jones doesn't want to take a team friendly deal? What if he, what if he turns out to be really, really good and he wants to be 18 to 20% will Robert Kraft go against his philosophy of that? Will the Patriots make him the franchise quarterback or will the Patriots look at this position? The quarterback position that we see is the most important position in football. Do they look at their smash mouth football and think, you know what, we can navigate this position and just fill it the way we fill any other spot on this team?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think it's going to depend on what, you know, the the future of the Patriots organization really decides because I think by the time Mac Jones would try and get that type of an extension, Robert Kraft's not going to be negotiating any contracts anymore, but I I don't know what the plan is going from there. I don't know how Jonathan Kraft, who I assume is going to take over is how he's going to feel. I don't know if Bill Belichick's still going to be the GM or if he's even going to be coaching still at that point or what their plan is going to be. But I, I, I don't know. I think we're going to see a lot of new philosophies coming because there's going to be a massive change of leadership like we've never seen before with the organization.
0: Love vibration nation has popped up another super chat saying, I'm hoping all the haters who say that we are not going to make the playoffs this year are able to draft themselves a brain or acquire a brain in free agency.
1: I am. Um, hopefully they're out there on the open market looking to acquire a lobotomy.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I, Listen, I think that after last season, I think that some people who don't have faith in Belichick because of Tom Brady, maybe they're a little bit jaded, maybe they haven't been around a long time, whatever it may be, whatever reason they feel that way, I've already said I'm fine with anybody who doesn't have confidence going into the season, especially if they are a Patriots fan. What I hope though is, if the Patriots do exceed their expectations and make the playoffs, that they will come back to our chat and be humbled. That and and that's it. And I should remind everybody that I predicted the Patriots to go nine and seven, which probably or nine and eight, which probably isn't a uh playoff record either. So not in the AFC. No. So it's you know it is what it is on that point. King Cato Twenty One says. What if this sours Belichick and Belichick blames Kraft for Jones and pulls a Brady to spite Robert Kraft? And I think he's looking at my scenario of not paying the 18 to 20% for a player. There's a lot going
1: on there. Um, we'll we'll have to wait and see man. I think Robert Kraft's literally almost 80 years old and Belichick's pushing 70. Mac Jones obviously I don't think is is going to get a lot of playing time this year and he's going to be on his rookie contract for 4 to 5 years. So I think 4 to 5 years from now we'll, we'll see what happens, but I wouldn't be surprised if Robert Krafts faded faded off from the team a bit and Jonathan Craftsmore taking over. And I think Belichick's going to retire in a, in the next five years. So I think we could see just completely different leadership at that point.
0: And again, I threw out a outrageous hypothetical scenario uh, that we're just reacting to. And I probably don't want to get too deep into the conversation and now start talking about the fallout of my hypothetical scenario. Uh, let's go. We still got a lot, a long way to go here. So let's, let's keep going here. The Patriots had ample opportunity to trade up for Jones or Fields earlier in the night and declined. Of course, Belichick ultimately did draft Jones, and that selection speaks loudest. But the lesson of an offseason when the Pats needed a quarterback and chose to re-sign Newton and draft the fifth quarterback taken... One regarded for his football IQ and decision-making affirms two things. The Pats' prize passers, they believe, can execute their system and no will sign team-friendly deals. Related, Brian Hoyer, 35-year-old and inactive for the team's last dozen games in 2020, re-signed for the minimum this week. Had Jones been off the board in the first round, the Patriots probably take another rookie later. The final piece of the rebuilding puzzle, a guess, Stanford's Davis Mills. First-year Texans GM Nick Casario, who spent the two decades in New England, made a lopsided deal to move up for Mills in the third round. His draft board and Belichick's were likely spitting images of one another. Mills also fit the Pats' quarterback profile to a T, smart, accurate, and cheap. So, is Callahan suggesting that the quarterback skill set is much more important than the quarterback pedigree when it comes to the New England Patriots?
1: That's a good question. I mean, I think the Patriots were ready to take a quarterback in the first round. Like I said, the the top five quarterbacks were all the same on everyone's board. And I think Bill Belichick saw that they need a quarterback for the future. Obviously, even regardless of Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, whoever it is that we've seen in the past with. You know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, all these guys. It hasn't been normally the, the first guy taken. So I think Belichick knew that he was throwing his name in the hat and one of the top five guys. See what happens. Of course, he might not pan out there. I mean, Trevor Lawrence might not pan out. Zach Wilson might not pan out. So they needed a
0: quarterback. He was still available at 15. I think that's why he took him. If Callahan is correct and the Patriots were waiting for a quarterback to drop to them, and let's say they draft, they drafted Davis Mills in the third round and not Mac Jones because he went before the, uh, the 15th fifteenth 15th pick, would you have looked at Belichick's draft differently? Maybe I would have been a little bit disappointed that he didn't
1: move up and get one of the guys in the, in the top 15, but also if he took... Mills later on, I, I would have been excited that, you know, they, they had the potential to steal someone in the third round. Cause so again, we've seen a bunch of people get picked in the third round in the fourth round. I think Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, you know, guys like these who are actual top ten quarterbacks in the league, you know, get get drafted at that point. So that
0: it's just, it would have been a good opportunity to take a flyer as well. All right. Team building beliefs are unchanged. As much as the Patriots' day two and day three draft picks may have surprised individually, from a positional standpoint, the class was fairly predictable. Since 2013, the approximate start of the NFL's modern era, the Pats have poured some draft capital into defensive tackle, have draft more draft have poured more draft capital into defensive tackle than any other position. Early in the second round, they traded two fourth rounders to move up eight spots for Alabama defensive lineman Christian Barmore. Their next pick became Oklahoma edge defender Ronnie Perkins. For the Pats, edge defender ranks second in total draft capital invested since 2013. With their next pick, the Pats nabbed a rotational running back with soft hands. Sound familiar? It should. Oklahoma's Ramadre Stevenson is about to follow Damian Harris, James White, and Shane Vereen as the latest mid-round back who can be expected to contribute on passing downs early in his career. Then the Pats added an inside linebacker and offensive lineman late-round staples on their recent draft classes. Now, Connor, we have talked about how happy we've been and were with the Patriots draft and the Patriots draft class. We've gone as far as saying that this was Bill Belichick's best draft ever, but after hearing Callahan break it down the way he just did, taking Mac Jones out of the equation, yep, does it change your mind about how you feel about the draft from round two and down?
1: No, I think they absolutely crushed it there. I mean, Barmore, I I think, was a steal, especially based on what they needed this season. We've been needing a replacement for Vince Wilfork since he went on to Houston five years ago, six years ago, whatever it might have been. And I'm hoping that that's exactly what Barmore is going to be. Um, Perkins as well. They, they've continuously brought in edge rushers. Some of them have worked out better than others, but I think it's well worth it taking him in the third round as well. And then if, uh, Stevenson can be a Shane Varine ask type guy, I mean, I would consider that a massive success as well. Because I also think James White's going to leave at the end of the season, whether he moves on or retires, Sony Michelle's options not going to be picked up. I would presume at this point, I don't see him coming back. So I, I think that they're pre- they're planning for this year while simultaneously planning for the future. I I I don't change saying it was a fantastic draft.
0: Callahan continues. As for free agency, the Pats predictably splurged at tight end one of the few positions Belichick has paid top dollar for at the expense of others. The surprise was he doubled down. So question, we were all expecting Belichick to sign a tight end. Did mm-hmm. you ever in your wildest dreams expect to? No,
1: nope, never. I didn't even think it was real. I had to make sure that I looked at Adam Scheffner and a bunch of other guys to make sure that they actually signed Hunter Henry the next day, because as soon as they signed John Smith, that was like, all right, sweet. They went out and got the tight end. Like, this is awesome. I'm pumped. But I thought Hunter Henry was absolutely positively off
0: the table after that. All right. So let's wrap up this article and put a pretty bow on it. John Smith's four year contract shattered market expectations on day one for free agency. Then Hunter Henry signed for similar money. Henry's contract, like most others, carried a significant cap hit in 2022. When it's expected, the team will begin building around Jones's rookie deal. Yeah. The Patriots also continue taking a value approach to wide receivers, signing Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne instead of a clear-cut number one option. As expected and written in the space of February, Belichick stayed true to the beliefs that built three Super Bowl winners in the last decade they're zigging offensively between re-signing cam newton drafting stevenson trading for 380 pound right tackle trent brown and doubling up on their tier on top tier tight ends the patriots offensive philosophy is already clear they're powering through you over the past three years nfl offenses have operated from three receiver sets on roughly 60 percent of all snaps naturally Defensives have reacted by speeding up and slimming down, fielding five or six defensive backs on most plays. Facing these lighter defenses, the Pats have chosen to bulk up in a power running outfit backbone by one of the league's best offensive lines. Stevenson, the largest running back Belichick's drafted, joins a backfield rotation of forward falling runners who eat available yards and keep the chains moving. The Patriots' best weapons are tight ends, both solid run backers, and at the center of it all is Newton, the most prolific rushing quarterback of all time. The Pats have built upon their run-first offense. They morphed in last season when, despite trailing for more than 30 minutes per game, they own the league's second-highest run rate at 51% per Sharp Football Stats. In 2021, expect the run rate to remain but their time trailing to shrink thanks to uh, a remade roster and contrary high-powered attack. All right. That's the entire article.
1: This is a good one.
0: NFL teams are moving to that college-style offense, as we know. Yeah. The Patriots are deciding to play smash-mouth football. How confident are you in smash-mouth football in today's NFL, and how sustainable is it in your mind?
1: I think it's fine. I'm not concerned about it as all, at all. I know everybody else is is changing and they want to use the mobile quarterback more and they want to start using the RPOs and everything like that. But, I mean, that's, that's what won championships back in the day is just running the ball down other teams' throats. And I think the Patriots have the opportunity to be extremely flexible. I said before, I mean, I think some games they're going to hand the ball off 35, 40 times, and then they're going to come back the next week and they're going to be throwing the ball like crazy. So I don't think the Patriots are really going to commit one way or the other, but I do think they're going to have the opportunity and the weapons to be a throwing team some games, and then some games they're going to come back and just run the ball all over you. And I think they're also going to be like an old-school, hard-nosed, just tough defensive team. So they're going to be games where that's how they win. They run the football. They play defense. They keep the other quarterback on the sidelines. And I, I think that's going to be mostly their identity, but I also think there are going to be games where they just
0: throw the ball. All right, guys. We got about eight minutes left of the show. We are going to turn it over to you. And I'm going to turn it over to my boy Connor to watch that chat and start picking up some comments. Uh this is the first time in a while that we've ended it. Uh we've finished our portion short enough that we can just start grabbing the chat. So there is one I do want to do first though. And then I will, I'll leave it to you. But our boy Brent says most prolific runner at quarterback. Nah, that was Mike Vick. Here's my response to that, Brent. I a hundred percent agree. I feel like people just forgot that Michael Vick played football at one point. Yeah. Like, like to me, he is the most athletic quarterback to ever be in the league. Uh, am I a fan of what he did with the dog fighting? of course I'm not. But other guys have done bad stuff too. Put if you put all the bad stuff aside and not focus in on that, as a football player, Michael Vick was unbelievable.
1: Yes, he was.
0: And I don't know what the stats say. Maybe Cam Newton's stats are better, but it, it's and I don't know that. I'm just saying if they are. Michael Vick to me it was just when he was in his prime. If, if if let's put it this way, Michael Vick probably came into the league about. 10 years too early right? because he would have owned this league today if, if Michael Vick started now.
1: Right. And I'm also, I mean, obviously it's still a little bit early in his career, but Lamar Jackson's on well on his way to being one of the most prolific running quarterbacks as well
0: but he's not there yet and i don't compare lamar jack i mean i like lamar jackson but i don't compare lamar jackson to michael vick
1: no michael michael vick was electric when he came in for the atlanta falcons he was just phenomenal he yeah. he was uh he was something to be seen
0: yeah and i'm not hating on lamar by any by any means yep but t- to me though he's just michael vick was michael vick was unbelievable yeah
1: yep he's he certainly was he's running a four three as a quarterback all right, we got uh, Charlie Regano here. He says, Stevenson, if he gets the reps, could run for a 1,000
0: yards. I just don't think he's going to get the reps. Right. I think that the Patriots are going to platoon all three of them. Being a rookie running back and having two of those veterans who can run the ball in front of him, plus James White. And I think that Brandon Bolden is going to be on this team as well because of a special team play, and you might see him get out there to take some carries sometimes. I just don't see it this year. I see him maybe like a four to five hundred yards at best, not because of his capability, but because of just the amount of reps that he gets. But that being said, I do see them using him in the passing game a lot more. And we could be talking obvious run situations on second down where they do a play action and hit him or he go out on the flat and and they nail him. So, yeah, I think that he's going to contribute to this offense in a lot of different ways.
1: Right, and, and I think there's just a lot of malls to feed at the running back position for the Patriots. I mean, Damian Harris obviously proved himself last season, so he's definitely earned the the spot to get a lot of touches. Sony Michel held his own at, at points last season, especially once it looked like Harris was going to take his job. All of a sudden, he he looked like he got shot out of a cannon on some of those plays. James White's back. He's obviously a great third down back. Like you said, bold, and I think, is going to make the team J.J. Taylor, maybe he he's still around. So I think there's a lot of people in the backfield. So I, I think they're all going to get the football, but I don't know if he's going to get the reps. All right. Michael Larry says here, uh, are the Patriots a totally different team if any one of the big name tight ends get hurt?
0: Yes and no. I think that Devin Asiasi is going to be a big part of that. Not for his... You know how he performs in the passing game. I don't think that, I don't think that that's going to be where where he's going to be useful. But he could really play that role of that blocking tight end, very much like who was the tight end that they the last tight end they won the Super Bowl with that everybody thought was a massive disappointment, but he was such a great run blocker. Dwayne Allen, Dwayne Allen. If he could play like a Dwayne Allen role, I think this Patriots c- team could roll around. I also think that some people are writing off Kendrick Bourne. And I know a lot of people believe that Jacoby Myers is going to play the Julian Edelman position. If you watch what Lawrence, when he did his breakdown at Kendrick Bourne, he looks much more fit to move into that Julian Edelman role. And then I think that you could have Jacoby Myers too. It, I think Nelson Aguilar is going to be the least impactful receiver on this team this year, if I'm being honest with you and what does that have to do to, with the, with the tight ends is you can still hit those speedy guys in Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers. And I think it also depends on which tight end gets hurt. That'll change things. But I wouldn't say yes, there'd definitely be a change obviously because the two best players on the offense are, are the tight ends. But, but if they are sticking with the, the run-heavy game, as long as Asiasi can hold his own as a blocker, that'll be important.
1: Yeah, it, It'll obviously be tough because they're planning it a lot around that, but they have depth at tight end as well. And if one of them stays healthy, I mean, be prior to the offseason that they had, I was only expecting them to have one really good tight end to begin with. So I, I think they'll be able to, to move forward and, and be all right. Wouldn't be ideal, but I I think they'll be able to survive.
0: What I can say is this team is a totally different team without Cam Newton. Right. Because sort of the plan that they had lined out for this year, which is that power you know run, could still work with Mac Jones, but you're losing what you get out of Cam Newton with his legs. And I think that... As much as I believe Cam Newton's going to improve throwing the football this year just by the sheer talent that he's going to have around him, his legs are going to do a lot of damage because you're not going to be able to stack the box like they did last year. They're going to have to respect the receivers, and that's where Cam Newton can be super, super dangerous. Right. It's going to make it a
1: lot easier for him on on that front. Brian Lynch says, uh, giving our elite defense more time to rest by running down their throats with Mac Jones dumping off like Brady 2003 when defense sells out, can't wait.
0: Yeah, so obviously the Patriots need to stay on the field. A lot of three and outs last season. That's a big problem. And yeah, the defense tires out. And just at the end of the day, the more opportunities you give to other teams, they're going to score. The worst quarterback in the NFL is still an elite athlete. Okay. Uh, Punters, believe it or not, are elite athletes. You all think you're elite athletes. Trust me. These, there are elite athletes that play in the NFL. Even the worst of the worst are better athletes than us. Uh, I experienced that firsthand, uh, in, in different situations just in my play days. So, and I didn't play, obviously I didn't even come close to playing in the NFL. So yeah, the more opportunities you give a team, the more opportunities are going to take and eventually they're going to score. Right. All right. One more, and then we'll wrap this up for the night, Connor.
1: All right, let's see. Uh, Alex Danio says, you can definitely spread the ball out this year and not just throw to one receiver. Absolutely, which is what we kind of saw last year. They obviously needed to throw it predominantly to Jacoby Myers and then a little bit of Demir Bird when Jacoby Myers was overly uh, covered. So, yeah, this year they're going to be able to spread the ball around
0: astronomically. Patriots were very one-dimensional last season. You knew that it was going to be a handoff to Damian Harris or a throw to Jacoby Myers. And if you watch uh, Lawrence's film room that is on our channel when he did a Jacoby Myers, you could see as the season went on, they just took Jacoby Myers out of the game and then stacked the box and the Patriots had no other offense to go to. Some of that being Cam Newton's fault because we did see a lot on film where Demir Bird was wide open and Cam Newton just missed him. Believe it or not, we also saw a lot of film where Nikhil Harry was wide open and Cam Newton just missed him. But irregardless of that, the Patriots will not be one dimensional this year. Play action is going to be huge. If they have to air out the football, they'll be able to be, be able to air out the football. They'll be able to take deep shots with Nelson Aguilar. They'll be able to run hard. They'll be able to get it to tight ends. There's a lot of good things that can there's a lot of good things that they can do. So it's – I I like – I'm happy. I like where where the Patriots offense is going. All right, guys, we appreciate you all tuning in here today to the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Whether you are tuning in live on YouTube to the live recording or whether you're listening to the podcast – on spotify apple itunes anchor wherever you get your podcast we appreciate y'all thank you to all our sponsors thank you to all of our listeners thank you to all of our viewers thank you to all the people who super chatted today thank you this thank you thank you thank you we appreciate you all we will be back on monday night for the live recording and then you'll be up on spotify and all the wherever you get your podcast. after that we appreciate it and we gotta end it the way we always end it the way it should be ended connor Tell me about those Patriots.
1: Legit, kid.
0: We want to thank all of our dear Pat's Nation loyalty club members over at patreon.com slash DPN Sports. For only five dollars a month, Connor and I record an exclusive webcast Sunday through Thursday. So if you like all the free content that we offer here, can I suggest that you check out our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash DPN sports. We don't have any tiers. We don't charge you for different levels of access. We have one tier at one cost, five bucks. You'll get five webcasts a week and you can participate in our Patreon exclusive live stream every second Friday. You can hang in the chat. You can join Connor and I on the screen and have a voice-to-voice conversation with us and other Dear Pats Nation Loyalty Club members. But in order to get the content, you have to join the club. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash Sports. if you'd like to check it out. We have left a link to the Deer Pats Nation Patreon page wherever and however you are listening or watching. And, guys, there are many different ways that you can support Deer Pats Nation, but the only way that you can do that in style is by visiting the Deer Pats Nation merch shop over at teespring.com slash stores slash DPN. And when you're there, get your hands on the newest DPN apparel, T-shirts, mugs, hoodies whatever you want get it all at our merch store at teesprings.com slash store slash dpn for your convenience we've left a link to our merch store in the description or wherever you're listening or watching this show because i think the purpose of faith is to get human beings to live on a higher plane than the animals in the jungle and that there's something bigger going on that's bigger than all of us.